0: Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So stay with us as right now we present. Really looking forward to talking to these two again today. They are established, really credible authors. They've done, they've got a billion books, out, not a billion, but you've got quite a few books out. And um, you know, the Enigma series, which is a really cool series of books that that you have out, and and uh, and um, Brakefield and Berkey are with us today. That's that sounds like a musical group,
1: doesn't it? And we're sitting wrong because the names are backwards for how we're sitting.
2: Yeah, but you've got the comfortable chair, so uh, there it is. Okay, so. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So you are authors and and the Enigma series, I actually all started with a uh, your um, uh, Charles, your love for uh, World War Two and uh, um, the things that went on there with the Enigma um, transcription machine and stuff like that and and, uh, all of the things that you talk about about that. But I wanted to ask you, because you list on your website, by the way, if you want to follow along with us, you can just going to uh, enigmabookseries.com, and you can find out a lot about them. One of which is your stepfather worked on the Manhattan
1: Project
0: in World War Two.
1: During World War Two, he did.
0: Oh, that I'm sorry, your stepfather did. Uh,
1: my, my stepfather did. Yep, yeah, he did. He was a metallurgist by um, perfection and um, he ended up going up to the University of Chicago, and he sure did, he was on it.
0: What is a metallurgist?
1: A metallurgist is someone who actually can do the chemistry of metal separation and was used for some of the uranium stuff.
0: (laughs) <laughs> that, so you think, can
1: tell how much of a chemist i am okay you got it we're done that's
0: a, that's a bit of a technical term i do believe
1: that's it <clears throat> that's yes
0: it. <laughs> now d- is he aware of over time since world war ii the manhattan project has been the focus of many movies um that is was he aware of all of that and all the things that went on supposedly with that the whole process
1: no but what he was quite excited about and he used to do some oversight for some of the um uh not chernobyl because that one was a bad experience but some of the other um
2: nuclear, nuclear
1: plants that we had in this country and and he he actually went to a couple of other countries uh but not not russia to actually do some oversight and make sure that all the processes and procedures were in place and they were following them and was it was stunning from his perspective. It was stunning.
0: How did he feel about nuclear energy? It was obviously he was a proponent of it.
1: Well, he he, he thought it was a horrible um, war tool, but the value of it from an energy perspective, when done correctly, could be phenomenal in the long run.
0: How did he feel about it? because I'm I'm told that the waste. Um, last for like 10,000 years or whatever, because in Washington state where I live, we've got uh, Hanford, which Mm -hmm. is a storage site for, for nuclear waste. Was he concerned about that at all? Or did he figure we'd figure it out?
1: Um, So I I don't know that it even came up on his radar as being a problem other than it needed to be stored for safety. Um, But we have an awful lot of things, Kevin, as you know that we create as humans and then we, never can figure out exactly how to store things you know when we're when we're finished with them yeah.
2: we wish we could uninvent them in other words yeah
1: <laughs> you know it's i mean a- there's a couple of really funny things like all the grades of plastic that are so hard to recycle and oh by the way the electric car batteries that you know they don't want to be recycled either so
0: it's that uh, state of uh, unintended consequences Yeah. Um, We think it's going to be a really good idea. It's like straws. We think that's going to be a really good idea, but they last like forever and end up in the middle of the ocean somewhere.
1: Well, exactly. That's why, I mean, most people are doing things like getting metal straws or getting, I mean, I've got half a dozen metal straws that I use for company now, just so we don't have any more of the plastic guys.
0: Well, good for you. That's, that's, where do you buy metal straws? I've never even seen them.
1: Amazon. Everything's there.
0: You can buy anything at Amazon.
1: Exactly. It's, and it's, if that doesn't work, go to Etsy because they're cheaper. Oh.
0: <laughs> they're more economically sound. That's it. Yes. And, and, uh, and Charles, your father was a fighter pilot. By the way, thank you for his service and thank you for your service. Yes.
2: I, uh, he was, uh, it was that was one of the things that uh, I wanted to be when uh, when I grew up. <clears throat> I mean, I was I was I was groomed for um, for being a, 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 a an Air Force pilot until I uh, discovered that uh, my eyesight wasn't 20/20. So the rule was in that day and age, um, if you didn't have perfect eyesight, didn't matter um, what you uh, what you wanted to do, you know you're not going to fly. So it was um, it was really a, a letdown. Um, but uh, I lived. Uh, I lived through a lot of his uh, the storytelling. The uh, that's that's part of that uh, um, the thing that he did. When, uh, and and that's uh, he's where I got my love of watches from. So uh, short story about uh, about his uh, his uh, in, in an aircraft. <clears throat> in those days, World War II. At the end of it, I mean, <clears throat> you would uh, you would put your watch on, make sure you knew the time, and because you have you had uh, distance. Fuel consumption and time to be able to uh, mathematically calculate how long can I stay in the air before I'm no longer in the air, and I need to turn around. <clears throat> so um, he bought, he he paid the unheard of price of one hundred dollars for a, a beautiful watch that you know the rest of the guys were like he's the lieutenant and you know and uh, you now the hundred dollars was like you know three months salary kind of thing. <clears throat> so. Um, but he strapped it on. He goes, man, this is gonna be great. He gets in to the P47, gets ready to take off. You know, they get get, get gets up to enough altitude, grabs the lever, slams it over, smashes his watch while he's lifting up the uh, uh, the uh, uh, the landing gear. And so it's like, um, I I won't burden you with the uh, expletives that he uh, he uttered at that point in time. <clears throat> um, but uh, you know, he has to kind of you know his, his watch isn't working so. You know, guys, do we have enough uh, fuel? I'm, I'm depending upon you for for when I need to turn around. <clears throat> gets back, takes it to the jeweler. Take, gives it to the jeweler says, "Here, I want this thing fixed. Another crystal, got it. Be two weeks, sir." Two weeks later, he gets the uh, the watch. He now puts it on the inside of his of his uh, his arm, rather than the outside. He takes off, slams the gear up, and you know, no broken watch wow oh, this is great I got to watch this backwards okay but I can I can deal with that coming around now as you're focusing on the runway you what you want to do is flare cut the engine back you know do all that kind of stuff and you get ready to drop down the gear and he drops the uh, the lever down smash and breaks it breaks it again
0: <laughs> <clears throat> you know you would think because I've never been in a fighter uh, uh, plane, or a, <clears throat> a military plane of any kind, really, and at least in the cockpit. And you would think that there would be like a, I, I don't know, like a gas gauge, but there weren't any gas gauges, apparently.
2: Well, no, there's gas gauges, I mean, but they were all analog-driven. And, you know, this was the, uh, the fail-safe. Okay, you've got uh, your fuel consumption. Okay, I'm, I'm checking this out. Uh, how much? How long do I get to stay in the air? What is the uh, estimated amount of uh, um um, airtime that I can, I can stay before I have to you know, head back for the, for the field. It's not like a, an aircraft carrier where, you know, hey, I, I got to know where he is. I mean, that's, you know, that's really the fringe as far as I'm concerned, landing on an aircraft carrier at night. So, um, oh, yeah, but you know, <laughs> yeah, keeping track of the uh, of your distance and how much time I can spend in the air in a fight. that's usually what the, the, the criteria is. Uh, before I have to uh, you know, start looking for, a, a, you know, a gas station.
1: But you didn't have that little thing like we have on cars today that says 224 miles remaining. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, we didn't. Didn't didn't have that. And but you know, and we did have Volkswagen Bugs, and uh, I know, <laughs> I know that one of you. Uh, their first car was a Volkswagen Bug. I remember the, you know, uh, they they don't make them anymore like they like they used to, but they're no. still alive, some of them.
1: No, I loved my first VW Bug. It was terrific.
0: Now, was it a uh, deluxe? or was it the regular standard?
1: Bug? Oh no, it was a standard Bug. It rolled over really well,
0: <laughs> which you did. And uh, where were you going when you when you uh, rolled over your 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 little?
1: I was so, coming back from Santa Cruz down the Santa Cruz mountain road.
0: And those, you know, those were so small that, that you didn't need seat belts because you, you were going to hit the ceiling no matter what you did really.
1: Well, even, <laughs> well, I'm really short. So I, I typically didn't hit the ceiling, but, um, but they did roll really well. And it, I mean, it was really, it was an odd circumstance. I ended up rolling it and, and getting back on all four wheels. And that was, it was a little tiny dent in the top. My friends from high school put their big feet in it and punched it out. It was perfect.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that saved you a bunch of money in the in the uh, uh, repair. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Well, now one of you um, is also a expert um, on skeet shooter. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be me. And and how did that happen? How did that come to be? Um my father
2: um because and i didn't i didn't pick up on this until i was like 17 or 18 but uh, i'm like 10 or 12. As soon as i could hold a shotgun he wanted me shooting uh moving targets and of course the uh, ske- uh skeet shooting was a uh, was a way to sharpen the uh the pilot's eye for okay if you're at this angle you have this much lead to be able to shoot your adversary okay got it you know it's uh and from this direction and it it, it it's um it's a semicircle that uh, that you basically go from station to station. They throw these clay pigeons out, um, clay targets, and uh, at a certain mile per hour. And your 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 objective is to bust them. So every weekend, we that's what we did. Me and my brothers, um, even my youngest brother, who was just bare. My dad had to help him hold his shotgun up. <clears throat> he was he was interested in having all of us uh, learn how to shoot um, moving targets in case we chose to be pilots, fighter pilots in particular. So um, that's how we got started. And then uh, when we uh, we moved to Germany, um, there were a, a several um, uh, rod and gun clubs that sponsored uh, competitions, including the, uh, uh, the German regionals and the uh, European Open. And so we got to compete in those. And um, I took high overall number two when I was 17. In uh, from a, f- a field of 1,500 other competitors, that's shooting all four gauges.
0: And that how many how many shots would that be that you would that you would shoot, or how many <clears throat> how many of these clay pigeons did you have to kill?
2: Uh, that, that's, that's 400 out of 400. Um, and then um, funny st- story about it was that uh, we uh, uh, I tied with uh, my younger brother for the junior championship of uh, of Europe. Uh, uh, we had, we missed two birds and we, and we go into, it's called sudden death. And that's the <laughs> first you, you were shoot. shooting each other though. They, they keep, no, no, they keep throwing uh, uh, clay pigeons. You move around like you're shooting. And, uh, the first one who misses and the they, and, uh, they're out of there. So, um, we made, made around 25 straight. And of course, everybody's like, you know, wow, this is really entertaining. You know, and of course we're all to nail biter and I missed, uh, the high house, station number three. My brother nailed it, and he won the championship. So um, I, uh, I was a little bit miffed, I guess is probably the way to put it. Um, uh, that I felt felt that that was uh, he won, but I don't know. There wasn't that. That's, you remember that that uh, that, that sequence where uh, Joe Foreman, uh, you know, keeps looking at the the fight with him and Muhammad Ali. And he's like, I was winning, I was going to win, and all of a sudden, I wasn't. I was down yeah. hard. You know, I was like, how did I do that? So I, I know exactly how George Foreman felt.
0: Uh, you were winning. You were winning. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. Oh, yeah. I'm dead. Oh. <laughs> so not only did you guys were you champion shooters, you you had the the champion two champions in the same household. That's right. Yeah. The, that's that's really cool have you both kept shooting over time
2: um i lost my younger brother um oh i'm sorry at the uh, uh you know several years ago so uh um but it's one of those things where you know every once in a while you feel the urge to pick up the gun and and uh, go out to the skeet range and, and shoot and uh, you realize just how slow your reflexes have become <laughs> <clears throat>
0: It's amazing what this, this old age stuff will do to you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, it, so it was, uh, uh I don't, old age, I don't recommend it for anybody, but there it yes. is, okay? but
1: the alternative sucks.
0: Yeah, exactly. But, but if you, you know, if you're careful and you take care of yourself and you have good genes and mm-hmm. all that, and, and a lot of it is, is more luck than anything else, I think. Yeah.
2: Yeah, making sure you don't get you know looking at your uh your your smartphone while while you're trying to get across the uh the crosswalk and you're not paying attention to the signs. You know, that that's uh there's a there's a career limiting uh event.
0: Exactly. Now now which one was it of you that uh, uh let's see. Well, I guess both of you have been known to pick up furniture from the side of the road and, and to fix
1: it up just for fun. Yeah, we both do that. We're yeah. horrible, horrible collectors and mm-hmm. we hate Things being thrown out that can be fixed. Yeah, and, and uh,
2: it, it, it's curious because we were out walking the dogs um, and doing like we always do, you know, talking about the the next story or you know, uh, working a new uh, an existing story over, and we come across this this pile of of um, it looked like antique parts that had, you know somebody had carelessly thrown out, and I'm like stunned. I'm like, look at this. I'm just gonna look at this headboard. I, you know, this looks like a chair, and, and uh, so I had my you know, dashed over to get my truck, you know, we filled it up the, a the, pickup
1: truck, the totally pickup, filled,
2: yeah, you know, with all this stuff. We must have built, um, you know, half a dozen chairs, a full bed, um,
1: dining room table for one of your
2: daughters, yeah, dining room table. Um, most of it, I speculate, what had happened was that there, uh, there was a, uh, an elderly um, gentleman. That uh, had every intention of being able to fix that all those broken pieces and put them back together the way we did, and he ran out of time. And the uh, the people who took over the house just said, "What's all this trash here? All right, throw it out." Had no clue of the value that was there. The, uh, the, uh, the love seat, you know, uh, that we recovered. Uh, um you know, Really nice oak chairs that were just—it was a shame to see them uh, thrown out so carelessly.
0: Yes, indeed, and so you were able. You refurbished them, and then they're either at your house or you gave them away to relatives and that sort of thing. Yeah. 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 Anybody
1: who needs who needs a thing of furniture, call us first. (laughs) We have it in my storage area.
0: (laughs) And if you you need a dress to go out on Saturday night with, I know that you can do that too.
1: Yeah, I can. (laughs) Well, that's why I did the upholstery part because I'm, I'm, I have the sewing background
2: yeah yeah several times and we've done we actually had a fr- uh, some friends who said i got these uh these these chairs that they're, they're falling apart guys can you guys help them uh, with it and uh we brought them over here and we re- reworked them and uh, you know made them they were antiques and but they're the glue had, i had to pull them apart physically we glue them and then we started putting teaching ourselves how to be able to put the upholstery on of the way that it was, it was done in a, in a manner that you don't do anymore
1: they, they had something called tufted backs on them which is where you have little buttons in the backs and it kind of looked like it was oh yeah, yeah yeah so that's not a skill that you actually pick up in high school or you, you know it's not something you can actually get easily so we we found it, researched it and did a really good job if you want a pair of them kevin we can talk
0: absolutely well uh you 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 one of your gowns actually made it to the uh uh texas uh beauty pageant yes miss miss texas miss teen, um, teen. Miss
1: teen. yep she sure did and it was beautiful it was oh my gosh it was beautiful
0: so you're accomplished writers
1: <laughs> you're furniture
0: makers <laughs> you're, you're, when you have time for all this stuff
1: um in between our normal professional jobs
0: <laughs> i know you're, full, you're also working full-time
1: exactly Hey, we don't want to get bored. We can sleep some other time, you know.
0: <laughs> oh boy, you you are it's it's really fun to talk to you because you are you guys are so a dynamic at what you do in, in a lot of cases, and and you've got how many books have you got now?
1: Well, we have twelve in the series itself. We have one prequel to the series called Out of Poland, and then as of December the first we will have nine, 10 short stories out.
0: Oh, very nice. When, now, what are the story, short stories based on?
1: So they're mostly backstories to a degree of characters that are within the big books.
2: So what happens is a lot of times we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll tear through a story and somebody will say, why don't you like to know a little bit more about this character? Um, where'd they go? Where, where, where'd this couple go? I mean, they, Looked like they were all you know, set to, uh, you know, uh, tackle the world and uh, um, and have a romantic getaway. And uh, can we hear some more? And so, you know, that's the uh, we, we pull those kind of uh, details and we put them into a um, short story and uh, basically exercise the characters <clears throat> to kind of help uh, define who they are.
0: <clears throat> now, I got to ask you, because um and the first time that we I interviewed you, I said, chances are that you can go to any airport in the country and you will find one of your books in one of the bookstores, um, uh, paperbacks as you're going to get on an airplane. Is that so? Is that true?
1: No. We'd like it to be true, but no, it's not.
0: Oh. Trying to get
1: into, now it could be because we certainly have them available on Ingram. And so they could order them if they wanted to. But a lot of the bookstores that are in airports are kind of hmm, of closed or they're owned by the full big house publishing companies. Um, I mean, there's just different reasons why not. If we truly were, you know, die for a number one New York bestseller, we might have a shot at being there. So it's. you know, I mean that, but I'd love to say we are, but that would be a lie, so I won't say that.
2: But we were at a <clears throat> a library over the weekend. Yes, sir. We and they just loved, loved, loved the out of Poland story. We had a couple of the librarians come by and look both ways and say, "I'm, I'm, I was one of the reviewers, and a couple of books I don't tell this to anybody, but I couldn't stand to finish them. I couldn't finish your book." I couldn't put it down. I tore through it in two hours. I'm just like, you know, it was like, wow, you got you're, you're amazing. Could, can I get a, can I get a signed copy from you? Well,
0: I, I said, oh, yeah, trust us, you can do that, no problem.
1: <laughs>
0: <clears throat> how did how did that feel to have your book signed? It was, being, oh,
1: no, we love signing, but we love going to book things and signing. Yeah. um mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. In this case, though, it was actually before a committee of 25 people, and so they shared different books and allowed. I don't know how many books came into there. There was, there was a couple of hundred books that came mm. in for their consideration in this, in this huge library in a small town in Texas, um, 19,000 square foot library. I mean, oh, wow. it's a good sized library, um, but they only had 20, they only had 20, 20 or 25 authors yeah, yeah. that they actually invited. invited. And they, I mean, these invites are crazy, Kevin. They, hand wrote a note, your book has been accepted, would you consider coming to our event on this day? And they all signed the handwritten invitation. I mean.
2: mean, mean, It was so cool because we got there and we were treated like celebrities. Oh man, it
1: it was fabulous. It it
2: was uh, like, um, um, you couldn't get, uh, I had trouble getting my head through the door afterwards.
0: Well, you know, you you are uh, celebrities in the, in the fact that you've you've got a whole series that that if somebody uh, decides they like the first book, then they're going to follow through with the entire series, and it's going to take them a little while to get through the series.
1: Well, it is, and we're we're kind of you know we're kind of getting ready to launch the new series now. So the first book in the new series, which is the Enigma Heirs, and did we tell you why we were doing a new series, Kevin? Did we? Ah, uh, you that? didn't. Well, because I, I protested, stomped my foot, jumped up and down and said, we're not going to do a book 13. We're just not going to put that kind of juju over here. So we <clears throat> argued and argued and did rock, paper, scissors five times until I won five times five uh, straight.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that must take
0: a little while. I'll,
2: I'll just I'll go on record. Anytime she says, I'll do you rock, paper, scissors. Go ahead and just give up. Give up right now because you know you're not going to win. This is the champion rock paper scissors person on the planet.
1: (laughs) But so so Enigma Airs is the next series. So Enigma Series is the first series, books one through twelve. Enigma Airs is coming out next year, um, and Enigma Tracer is the first book in that in that series, and it's ready to go to the final editor.
0: Wow. So again, I questions beg to be asked. Where do you come up with all the time?
2: Well, sometimes there's just this um uh, this driving urge to ignore everything else and just work on it. You know, and that's um, you
1: know, um well, we don't watch TV. Mother, neither of us watch much TV. I mean, once in a while his wife will say, Oh, come on, you're gonna watch this TV show with me. But TV's not a big driver in my household. It's not a big driver in his household. So yeah. That's not so bad. Um, but, you know, a couple hours here, a couple hours there, you can get stuff done.
2: Yeah, yeah. and if you're comfortable writing, then it's, uh, okay, I, I want to get – I have an idea. And, you know, it, um, in two hours, you can crank, crank through, you know, a good-sized chapter and uh, have it ready for the, uh, the other person to uh, look, look at.
0: So let me get this straight because a lot of people will be listening to this and watching it going, mm-hmm. they must be a couple. Because they're they're spending so much time doing this together and stuff. So then and when I when they find out, well, no, you're not, you have separate households and you've got separate lives as well and separate jobs and all that. The question then begins to be asked, how did you guys meet?
1: I hired him.
0: <laughs>
1: no, seriously, we it was so funny. So so I worked at a company. Um, in, the, in the tech industry and it was a um, kind of an outsourcer uh, group and um, he was looking for a job and he was his wife was ready to have child number two and so he wanted to, I didn't know that though during the interview and I, I was one of the three people that interviewed him and I, he struck me as being very solid with what he wanted to do he was good at technology at that point in time for what we needed in the organization. And so I put my I put my best little writing skills together to write my recommendation to my boss and say he's got it, we got to get him on board.
0: Wow. See now that's unusual. So were you his boss for a period of time?
1: No, he was my boss. I actually hired my own boss.
0: <laughs> now that is a unique story.
1: Well so the the site manager Um, was one of the the people that did the interviews. The assistant site manager was the other one. And I was the third one in that pecking order. And so he was going to replace the site manager is what happened. And so all three of us were interviewing him for how do you get along with people and the environment and that kind of thing. So it was kind of a very fair, diverse hiring practice for those times. Yeah. Actually, it'd be diverse and practical for these times.
0: It w- it would be. Were you surprised, Charles, if that that happened that way?
2: Actually, I was, and the reason is because as I'm uh, walking out to uh, go head out to my car, I see none other than the guy that I used to work with from my the job that uh, from this company that had imploded from debt. He's there interviewing as well, and I'm like, "Oh no, I have got to be able to compete against him." You know, and I asked afterwards, uh, you know, after they had hired me, I said, so how close was it between me and, uh, you know, the the, uh, Mr. Haircut? Uh, And he said, "Um, wasn't even close. We couldn't we couldn't wait to get rid of him. Uh, He was he was so
1: arrogant would be the right word. He was really. But you don't want to you don't want to hire somebody to be over people who's too arrogant to get out of their own way. You just don't. You want somebody that's going to make a team. And we needed a team. Yeah.
0: Well, and that, that that that's another book for you guys. Positive, positive hiring practices on, on how to build a great team.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's funny.
0: Yeah. So I mean so and how long did you guys work together?
2: Well, at that particular job, I think
0: we were about there. a year. About a year.
1: And then I moved on to another job. I mean, I mm. I, I needed a different opportunity, so I got a different opportunity. And then the contracts changed where he was and he wanted another job so i wrote up a recommendation for another job that he was going to go to and he got that one too i'm like well this is pretty good i could just be an, you know a recruiter <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> and then uh um, what happened with that, that was like two-year stints two two-year stints and then we ended up at nortel networks which uh, <clears throat> uh i got there first they recruited me and it was like okay cool all right this is good and as soon as i got in there um they were they were hiring people as fast as they could growing like crazy and i said well okay hey, uh, i'm over here in professional services and they just said um how do i do you know anybody and i said as a matter of fact i do and so i introduced miss berkey here to the uh, to my hiring manager and the last thing i said to him i said uh, she has my full faith and confidence. You would be remiss not to take advantage of her uh, skill set. Next thing I know, she's moving in the cube next door to me and saying, Well, where's the coffee? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, whose idea was it to say, I like you? I think that we would have fun writing a book. Whose idea was that?
1: Nor tell's. Mm-hmm. We ended up writing technical workshops and technical manuals until we were like nauseous <laughs> and then we decided that really wasn't i mean <clears throat> we wrote white papers for different organizations and you know got a little bit of extra pocket money doing that and and i got a gig to write a, a non-fiction book and i invited him to contribute to it um
2: so really her idea
1: <clears throat> but but honestly it was like okay writing non-fiction as fast as technology move it is not what we want to do because it's old the day it hits the, it's just, and it's not rewarding at all. So I, I suggested to him that we could write about technology. We could create a foundation of real technology. We could layer on people that we have known or elements of people that we have known. And when all else fails, we can kill people and not go to jail. He said, okay, okay. <laughs>
2: She had me at the let's we uh, wing whacked the uh, our old boss and I said oh sign me up where do I where do I put my John Henry on that
0: one? That'd be, and was it easy for you to begin writing together? Where well, you've been writing technical manuals, but to, yeah. to come up with because you know, and I don't know this to be true, but my my assumption is that there are people that are good at writing technical manuals that don't have a terrific amount of at. Um, imagination and character development and all of that. Cause it's not really part of that no, type of no. writing.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, basically it's a, uh, um, I mean, we were in professional services. We were doing installs. We've, uh, we, we were teaching, and this is probably where we get that storytelling ability really find, uh, I'll uh, uh, find, honed, um, teaching other people, the technology and them going, I don't get it. And I'm like, okay. All right. Um, do you understand where uh, uh, you know, this kind of uh, algorithm will like, well, do I don't get it. Okay. So you, you learn to be able to get ideas across using- um, Simple
0: language that guys like me can understand. Well, no, you go with the,
1: imagine if you will, you have somebody <laughs> who picks up this device and they wanna place a phone call, how would they do it? So it's that same kind of thing. You just end up getting slapstick stupid about it and you just create.
2: Yeah, you know, sometimes that, that was that was, it's not uncommon. It wasn't uncommon for me to build a a a, 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 a real nice graphic, one page, and spend forty minutes uh, explaining all the technology to the CEO or C, uh, or, or CIO, in uh, in their uh, in their speak, so they could understand. And so it got to be second nature, it, you know, just. Telling stories is uh, selling, you know, selling technology is telling stories.
1: Today they call it journey mapping, but it was, it's still, it's still telling stories and the best part about his graphics, all this complex technology and half of the pictures that were on there were Lego pieces.
0: (laughs) Well, it's, um, Ellen Degeneres, she her show has ended now, but she did a segment one time on on older devices and having like somebody that was twenty years old try and figure out. And so they brought in a, a rotary phone, you know, <laughs> the, the old phone that you would pick up and it was had a dial on it and stuff like that. And they had a twenty year old try and figure out how to operate this phone. Couldn't figure it out to save it. you know she was couldn't figure it out. Um, so that's, that's kind of, uh, what you guys do. You just make it simple for folks so that they can, and they can figure stuff out.
1: Yeah. So, so Kevin, you're, you're, you're mature. And, yeah. and, you
0: and- <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> that's one way to call it. Yeah. <laughs> well, but here's
1: our, here's our joke. That's going to come true really soon. And that is, do you know how we keep everything secret from the young people? When we write stuff down,
0: we write stuff down. In cursive. <laughs> I have a funny story for you. My mother who recently passed and she was 90 and uh, had a great life, but uh, um, she always wrote because in her day when, when she was going to school in, uh, what was it in the forties, she was born in 30. So she, in elementary school would be in the late thirties, early forties. And they taught cursive. Yeah. That's what, that's how everybody wrote. And um, so she always did that. And, and then um, she would send uh, birthday cards and letters to my kids. And my, and my kids would go, what is this? And it's like, you, you can read that. And said, no, because it looked like little scribbles to them. Yeah. And, and so she had to then turn, turn around and learn how to print. Um, so that the kids could read her her birthday cards.
1: I understand, but I bet you you can do cursive. And so, if you yeah. want to keep secrets, write it in cursive, man. Nobody will ever understand. <laughs>
0: that's, it's like it's like the Enigma machine.
1: Yes,
2: it's an encryption device. Exactly. There it is. You run your run the words through cursive writing, and um, they're undecipherable. Okay, there it is.
0: That that that's it. So that's that's now you can write a book about. Uh, uh, the 21st century mid 21st century when cursive is no longer all the people who knew cursive are no longer here and it's like the navajo like in the world war ii the uh, navajo uh, language That's right, like,
1: the whispers
0: yes which was used for uh, um to keep the secrets of, of what was going on and stuff so uh,
1: exactly. yeah
0: it's, technology is an amazing thing but it just keeps changing
1: So you've been on our website because you found those little tips and tricks and seven odd things and stuff like that. Yes. There is something else on that website that that you might find interesting or your listeners might find interesting. So if you go to the free stuff area, you can actually get a copy of specialized terms. Now, I don't know how it is in lots of professions, but I know that in the technology profession, acronyms are a way of life. You know, we have ATMs, we have, I don't know, we have a hundred gobbing million of them. So we've used specialized terms inside the stories specifically to make sure that people can understand the real foundation of technology. So Pop-Tarts was once mentioned by Kirkus Review for being such a fun, Look at technology, pop tarts. Yeah, pop tarts, or the Explain name of that. our supercomputer, which is Ichabod.
2: Yeah, so Ichabod. Actually, we, we use it to help poke fun at uh, the high tech world because a lot of people think that you know uh, you know we're we're closet uh, <clears throat> lunatics and uh you know we we shouldn't uh, be given the right time of day. But you know you take you take something like a supercomputer and you call it Ichabod because his, his full name is immersive collaborative associative binary override of deterministic systems
0: I can't even be- believe that you
2: remembered that
1: <laughs> he's got a tattoo on his arm it's okay
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> no and the uh, and, uh, uh, the other one which was the polymorphic uh, override of uh, of uh, phrased um, technology associating associating um, real-time, in, uh, in, um, in, in um anagrams that's that's what pop tarts is and I, we use that as a programming language and we called it that and then the curtis review just how at, at the uh, the use of the how we collapsed it into uh, so each one of our books usually has um a silly um acronym that we've taken and um, assembled to be able to help with the storyline but also to remind people you well, know, you know, you shouldn't take it take uh, tech too seriously because you'll never get out of it alive.
0: <laughs> my my nephew is a uh, programmer of note, and he keeps telling me that. Well, I asked him one time with the family sitting around. I go, so what is it that you actually do? And uh, he's he, and he said, well, let me tell you, it goes like this, and that's the last words I understood him <laughs> to say. Everything else after that was like. <laughs> And his parents were sitting there, going, "No, nah, we've tried. Don't even go there. You, you'll never, you'll never figure out what he does because it is so complicated and so complex." And they make it. I think they enjoy it when they make it sound so complex.
1: Exactly. That's why we have specialized terms, and people can find them in at the back of each of the stories for terms that are in that book. But then we decide we go ahead and bring them all together and create a document in case people were like crazy and wanting to know what
0: a term was. Oh, that that is cool. So if you go to enigmabookseries.com or you know, just go to Enigma, Enigma. Enigma
1: series works just fine, too.
0: Perfect. And you can go to the last page, which is free stuff, and you choose your file to download, and you give them your information, and they'll send you the file. That's really cool.
1: Exactly.
0: That's, that, that's really cool, because you can, like um where's linda um you'll have to explain that one to me but the synchronized terms, seven uh top security tips oh avoid- that one's
1: a really good one and that really will help people that's a, a download to, to help help people stay a little safer on the internet
0: yeah well i can i uh, be so rude as to tell you something okay while we have been sitting here doing our interview Uh, one of the things that we're people are able to do is to comment in and we have got a comment and i have been sitting here blocking these people as they've been doing it but when i can't block and so i'll just show you briefly and it's i mean it's pg but it's um it's um (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) okay
1: Kevin, I never knew you had those kinds of followers. Okay,
0: gotcha. I didn't either because I blocked. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven, and they keep they keep on trying to infiltrate the system. Yeah. Um. So I keep blocking them and stuff. But uh, um, I had I, I I swear I've never been on. It's like you know if you're talking to your wife and I swear, honey, I've never been on that website. I have no idea what they do there. So
1: well, exactly. I mean it, it's funny because these people that are trying to spam you and, and just be annoying as can be, think how many wonderful things they could do for society overall if they would redirect all that energy into doing something good. But no, they gotta be a little um piss
2: um, <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: yes, they, That's gonna get
0: started yes, uh, out, I'm pretty sure. <clears throat>
1: i don't think that'll get trimmed out there's no bad word isn't that one of the seven? Oh.
0: no nope, that's not one of the seven no we're good see and the other thing is is that uh, because it's a podcast we aren't uh, governed by the fcc regulations
1: <laughs> even better so but i won't go any worse than that one i promise that was pretty yeah. bad i'll have to go wash my mouth out with soap later it's okay
0: no you're fine you're okay. you're, you're just fine but but to see that's the thing is um i because the podcast <laughs> this is how you know you're gaining traction Okay. is when somebody that you don't have any idea that is out there all of a sudden finds you and they start spamming you uh um, yeah. it's like oh oh good they're they're, they're still at it um so. yeah and that, that's always the, the
2: the depressing piece of, of uh, our particular world is that all these uh bad actors from the dark net all they need is one mistake that's
0: and that is. is so true and then
2: and then it's like, okay, the amount of effort to get them out, to, to get rid of them, to purge the system—it's like uh, that's why the uh, you know it, we always see that the bad guys, are, uh, cyber bad guys, are always one step ahead of the cyber good guys, and it's a it's a cat and mouse, uh, uh, constant evolution of prey versus a predator. So um, that's why we're interested in in handing it, you know, getting, you know giving information. This will help you, you know, defeat some of this. This is something you should know. Uh, to help keep you safe uh, and keep your your information and your bank account from being um, uh, torched,
0: it's it's really really an important topic because they can they're 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 smart, and when there's money involved, you know I interviewed a gal oh, a couple of months back, and she uh, thought that she was talking to a doctor who lived in London, and um, it actually was a man in ethiopia oh, and and she and this person from ethiopia uh conned her out of three quarters of a million dollars
1: holy crap wow
0: and, and they were they were and so the work that you're doing to enlighten people and educate people about security is really important because you know you don't know who you're dealing with. I'll give you an example. Yesterday, this morning at 4 o'clock in the morning, I get this um, friend request from uh, somebody in, they say they are in New York City, you know, in Washington, D.C. And uh, they have, I always check now before I, because, you know, when you're on Facebook and you have lots of friends requests and you, and you approve them and stuff like that. And so now I always check to see if there's a bunch of old guys like me as friends on her on her site. And if it's if that's the case, then I know that it's probably not legitimate. And it might not even be, and this is what is just infuriating is it might not even be a girl that's that's contacting you. It might oh, be yeah. sitting in Ethiopia.
1: And worse, worse than that, it might not even be a human.
0: Oh, that's even that that's depressing. Yeah, that a
2: bot. That, here. here. And, and a lot of times that's what they'll do is they'll 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 set up a whole bunch of um, automated uh, devices, and say run this routine, and,
1: and get information. <laughs> Just bring me stuff. Yeah. And yeah. then the guys sitting in the back room, whatever they're doing in that back room, they're going through and picking out the gem of information that they want to be able to launch an attack.
2: Yeah. I had uh, I had this uh, this this mm-hmm. um, nice nice gal uh, uh, hit on me on uh, um, I guess it was LinkedIn you know, here's my profile. And you should know that, I mean, whenever the profile started yesterday, it's probably not, you know, um, that valid. Uh, but, it, you know, it was a becoming picture um, and she was petitioning, you know, just, how are you? What do you, you know, uh, tell me where you're, you're located and, and what do you, like? and just, you know, just drilling for information a little too aggressively. And then, uh, then she'd vanish. And then the you know, how's everything? You know, I'm so hungry can you send me some money for, so I can buy food?" You know, and just played it quite well. Uh, and I went, um, gosh, sweetie, you know, uh, realizing at this point, you know, it was a uh, probably uh, uh, architected by a couple of guys saying, okay, he'll fall for this kind of line if, uh, if we give him this kind of information. And so they go through this script and you know the pictures are are phony the uh, the background information is phony and it's you know um how can i get into your uh, your thought processes and prey on that one thing that you know it's really hard to resist and that's sympathy
0: yep yep and that's and that's how they this this lady got taken because yeah. they yeah. have thought they developed a relationship mm-hmm. and at least a friendship anyway online they never met um, and the pictures obviously were false that he, he would send. But he would talk about, you know, I I'm, I'm really need to get home. My family really needs me. But I, I my credit card got locked up. You know, all of the, the stories that they yeah. tell. All possible. You, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you loan me, you know, $5,000 so that I can get home because my sister's got, you know, whatever it is, yeah. whatever story they make up. And so she did that. And, and she, then
1: they keep snowballing it. Let me get a little no. bit more. Let me get a little bit more. Let me get a little bit more.
0: Come to find out that she, that the guy that was in Ethiopia doing this wasn't even in charge. He was uh, one of many that were sitting in phones and sitting in computers doing this, and they had learned the art of d- persuading people that there's something that they're not. It's seduction,
2: yeah, it's a seduction game. That's what it is. It may, <clears throat> they seduce you with a story that. You can't resist, and if I get enough information about somebody, you can build a compelling story that says, um, "This is what they're going to buy for, bite down for." And um, it's it's really sad, but the social engineering geniuses from the dark set, dark net, yeah, they're good. They're extremely good.
1: So they also know the demographics and and the and the age brackets. So there's a big push going on right now for 60 and above targets and it's because well and they and but they seem to have more success with women and the reason is because sixteen above were brought up that people are innocent until proven guilty. Uh, They're also brought up to to care for others and be part of the community and trust for the the trust and they're not as jaded as someone who's either been hurt Or someone who's younger because their parents are starting to tell them, don't believe people. Um, and so there's a big thing going on with this, you know, hey, um you should you should like me because I'm here. You should honor me because I'm I'm a, a veteran, you know. I mean, and I do. I have friends that have been veterans and I honor every one of them and you know, I think the world of them, but you know, it's a very easy way to target somebody and say, you know, I'm a veteran, I was in this deal, and dot, that and and make a story that, that really pulls that empathy string. And so, like your doctor, you know, I need help because I can't get the VA to help me, or I need help because of this, or I need help because of that. You know, if you could just give me $10, if you could just give me $50, mm-hmm. don't, I mean, it's just, if you can put it in a money order and mail it to them. If you really want to do that, take the time to do a money order because it makes you think. Do not electronically transfer
0: anything. Oh no! Heck! Heck! No! No! That. Yeah. So that this is your next book series. Is uh, is is how to how to prevent people from uh, stealing your stuff.
1: Um, It's been in our series already. So, you know.
0: I should really probably read your books
1: before (laughs) before I.
2: Well, we we baked it into uh, book number seven we turned the tables on the bad guys and they got wrecked.
1: So, based on the
2: social engineering that we did on
1: them. The Enigma Gamers, we just released the second edition a little while ago, like, I don't know, a month ago or something. That one you would have fun with, Kevin, because it is that kind of social engineering. Yeah. Tables, tur- tables
0: turned. I need to get that I need to, I need to read that book. As a matter of fact, if you go to enigmabookseries.com or just enigmaseries.com, you can um download you can't download. well you might be able to uh but you can certainly buy the books and buy them from these. These these two are really nice people. And uh <laughs> and they need to, they deserve to make a lot of money from what you're
1: doing because um and I really wish you guys well. Will you come back and see me again sometime? Would. I would love to come back and yeah. see you and, and anyone who wants to order between now and the 10th of December in the United States off the website, we will mail a signed print copy to you well, in the United States. We'll mail them for free. I can't mail them out of the United States for mm-hmm. free because it costs more than we make. But um, inside the United States, if we get a request online, which you can buy right from our site and do you know very securely. Uh, we will ship them and you'll get them by christmas and that's awesome uh, nice
2: of you the ebooks are available on uh we've got the redirect links on our, our website to get you to amazon for the ebooks for for those that want to put one more book on their their kindle
0: awesome awesome i want to thank you guys for being here i've got to run but uh right. we
1: it's, do it's, too. Would you, is there anything
0: else you'd like to add before we go
1: i want you to have a very happy thanksgiving
0: Agreed. Thank you. Agreed. Today, you know, this year, it's actually going to be a Thanksgiving, not just Thursday.
1: That's exactly right. We're all thankful. Thank you for having us, Kevin. You are amazing, and we appreciate you.
0: Thank well, you I appreciate you guys a lot and what you do, and I, it's 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 a lot of fun. And so go to their website, enigmabookseries.com. I, I beg you, please. So thank you, guys, and stay right where you are. I'll be right back. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald and I'm proud of these shows and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to one another because each other's always